0: whenever it comes down to business or people, they've chosen people. But in the long run, it's been so good for their business because those are the places now that are fully staffed. And they're the people now that have had their employees work here for four or five or six years because they took care of them during the difficult times.
1: What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Krimitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. I have a big secret for you. You do not have to struggle for years to create a profitable and purposeful business that you actually enjoy showing up for every day. It takes three things to create relatively fast results, clarity, focus, and intentional actions. These are the three things I continue to provide support and accountability for, for my private coaching clients, and it's work that seriously lights me up. And it gives them accountability, guidance, strategy, and massive mindset shifts along the way. If you are ready to give up the struggle and have your best year yet in the year ahead, then apply today for my one-year private coaching program. From March 2019 through March 2020, I'm working deeply with just a handful of driven, passionate, and determined women entrepreneurs who are ready to step into their greatness and finally see the results they know that they deserve. And as of now, just six more spots remain. To find out more about my one-year private coaching program and how it can benefit you, go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year and apply today. P.S. Yes, I'm totally on maternity leave right now as you're listening to this. And yes, I am responding to applications as they come in. They are so much fun to read. I know that you have a big why, and I know that you have the fuel inside of you to make the shift from just getting by to truly having the business of your dreams. And that is what I'm here to support in my one-year private coaching program. I can't wait to see your application. bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. In 2012, Christy Hausler and her wife, Allison, did something that is the dream of so many people. They moved to the Florida Keys. By 2014, Christy started Team Podcast, a company that produces podcasts for incredible podcasters all around the world. In just one year, Christy grew it to a six-figure business and continued to grow her reputation in the podcast community and scale her business, and more and more clients came on board. And then in 2017, Hurricane Irma hit the Florida Keys hard. And it was devastating for so many locals who lost homes, lifestyles, and businesses. But out of that devastation, Christine Allison saw so many stories of love, compassion, and connectedness that lit a fire in her to help her community in a meaningful way. That's why in 2018, she made a shift. She and Allison rebranded their production company into what is now called 43 Keys Media, which is named that because there are 43 keys that people live on in the Keys. And this company houses full media production services and a podcast network called 43 Keys Podcast Network, whose ultimate purpose is to support the people, businesses, and lifestyle that is so special to the Florida Keys community. During this conversation, we discuss why Christy decided to jump off of the formula that we all know about scaling a service-based business and forged ahead to create her own version of scaling. How they're logistically making the transition from their old business model into their new expanded business model, identifying how they've tweaked their systems, their processes, and their staff. She also discusses the breakdown of their 43 Keys podcast network as a business model, which is super interesting, by the way. We're talking about how she's structuring the agreements between the network and the content creators for each podcast, her monetization strategies, and more. Ultimately, what you're going to hear in this conversation with Christy is how she is leading her company into the future and creating from her heart and her soul every little step along the way. This is a true case study for designing a business that is in alignment with your values and creating a win for every single party involved. It is ridiculously inspiring to hear Christy's story and very emotional, and I know that you're going to love it. So enjoy this conversation with Christy Hausler. Christy, what's going on, girl? KT, good (laughs) to see you today. Uh, Okay, after a couple of tech hiccups, we're finally here. Here we are. (laughs) I'm so, so very excited to have you on the show. We're going to talk today about something that I think a lot of businesswomen really are interested in as far as like scaling their businesses. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to scaling your business, I feel like we think that there's an exact formula to follow. Right. The reason I'm really interested in bringing your story to light is because you are not following a formula... A preconceived formula to scale your business. You are creating your own experience, your own version of scale as you go along. So I guess what I want to start with is you had been on a path of building a company that was a service-based company, providing podcast production... You had spent all of these years establishing yourself as someone with integrity, with a great client base, lots of people who knew you, loved you, trusted you, still do, and were well on your way of living that normal, here's how you scale a business type of path. And then you decided to shift. You decided to change. Why? Why did you do that?
0: Well... (laughs) The why question is ever unfolding. But one of the things that... I think we all started with podcasting because we were wanting to create content. And I know my podcast, my first podcast started because I wanted to create content about local businesses because I'm an enthusiast about local businesses and local business owners and their business models and their stories. And as I began to do podcast production... All of my own projects got squeezed out by all of the new clients I was taking on. And you know how it is when you're scaling a business, meeting your revenue goals are your first, you know, the first thing. Paying the bills and putting a roof over your head and food on the table is what you have to do. And so there wasn't time for me to continue with my creative projects. In the meantime, years later now, here we sit, and we are six years into our journey here in the Florida Keys. And we just had Hurricane Irma come through, decimate the area, probably forever change our population. Many of the people that used to live here can't live here anymore. They don't have homes. They can't afford the few homes that are here. And we're sitting here in a environment that is so rich in content. It really doesn't matter what your hobby is. I mean, unless it's sort of like growing corn in huge acres of cornfields. I mean, anything, (laughs) about anything besides that (laughs) can be done and talked about in the Florida Keys. So we love being here by the ocean. We have a different ocean than even mainland Florida. I mean, I can't explain to people how it's the same water that's up on the mainland, but it's different and it's just and it's very Caribbean-like. The environment down here is very open and very, it's just people are good-hearted down here. We saw it after the hurricane. I can tell you story after story of people I'll just give you one example. In Facebook groups, as we were evacuating, there were several people that lived down here, in the, especially in Key West, that don't have cars. And they couldn't evacuate because they didn't have a car. And we would see in these Facebook groups that had been created, you know, the Irma Evacuees group or whatever, and someone would say, man, this weather forecast is starting to scare me. I wish I had a way out. All the flights are now closed. The airport's closed. And random strangers would say... I'm going to cry when I say this. They would say, go to my address here. My van is there and it's full of gas. Take it. Oh my gosh. Why would you do that? You know, why would you do that to somebody? Because it's your your community member, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you have that kind of community and that kind of heart, and we can say to people, take it because if it's there, it might not even survive the hurricane. Take it and get out because your life is more valuable than my car or the tank of gas I had. And so whenever we saw those extreme examples of just community and heart, and I feel like my soul sometimes is just needing to hear those stories and be surrounded by community that still cares about each other Mm -hmm. because I think are so inundated with all of the meanness that's going on in the world right now. And so to have these islands come together and be what they, you know, be family to each other. And then everything leaves after Irma and all the help and everything goes away and people are still stuck trying to rebuild their homes, trying to put roofs on their houses, trying to find contractors, trying to find a home to live in, trying to get out of the tent in their front yard. You realize that tourism goes on in the Florida Keys. You know, It was was funny because even last year before the big fantasy fest at the end of October, the TDC, which is the Tourism Development Council, I mean, they had to go ahead and film a commercial. The Keys are open for business. Well, it was mainly Key West because everything else was... Mm. We're sitting here with our garbage in our houses in our front yard, you know, waiting for trash collection to pick up. And so after going through that and seeing what all we could offer, not just to our community, but there are stories now that we have to tell. There Mm -hmm. are aspects... Florida Keys, that we as locals need to be able to control the narrative on. There are aspects of living down here. Like we need the next generation of people to say, I want to live there and I'm willing to do what I need to do to make that happen. Whatever it takes, I'm going to come. That's kind of what's going to, I don't want to say salvage our community because it's not like our community in tatters. We have a lot of people here that are struggling tooth and nail to stay here. And so I wanted to offer them something to hopefully raise their financial level of where they are. We're a very tourist-driven economy. And so being out of work many times during the months of the hurricane and afterwards, I mean, when there are no hotels open, no places to stay, tourists can't come. It was devastating for some of those people. And now, you know, we're in situations where it's a year later and things have got to get back to normal, but they're not really going to be the same normal as before the storm for a lot of people. And so one of the things that we and and what we're creating here is a the Florida Keys podcast network, which is for a 43 Keys media podcast network where we're creating shows about the different aspects of the Florida Keys from the events that we have down here to the beautiful environment, the ocean, the snorkeling, the charter fishing, the spear fishing, the theater. There's enclaves of writers and very creative artistic people down here. And there's just a lot of good things that are coming out of the Florida Keys that no one's ever going to hear about. You know, when you live kind of on an island that doesn't have, we don't have Walmarts and we don't have, um, a lot of the fast food restaurants, I was going to say even, I think we, you know, like even we don't have a Wendy's down here now because <laughs> after the storm, they didn't come back, you don't have normal stuff and you're a little bit behind the times. The world goes on without you whenever it comes to catching up from the hurricane. And so there's just a need for us in our community to sort of pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and sort of elevate ourselves by focusing on what we love about the community and living down here, you know, because everyone that's down here is down here because there's some aspect of these islands that just drew them in, you mm. know. From me, I'm a Pisces, so it was clearly the water, you know, yep. and so and the temperatures, you know, when you can wear flip flops all year round, and the worst thing that happens is it gets cold enough where you have to put on a long sleeve t shirt. <laughs> <It doesn't- laughs> much better than that. I mean, granted, we have to buy bug spray all year round or whatever, but it's okay. We take it. And so what we were doing and what we're wanting to do is just get back to creating the content that will not just help others find us, but help our community find itself again.
1: Ah, I love that. There's obviously a big giant why And there's obviously in that a big giant vision for what creating a podcast network and what I'm going to call restructuring or opening up your media company, your production company into a media company, Mm -hmm. what the potential is for that. I would really love for you to explain what have been the practical implications for that transition. What has that meant? Because all of a sudden you're one day you've got all of your production clients who you're producing their podcast for them. You're still doing that. You've just opened yourself up for an amazing amount of work, right? To like start living into this vision. Not that you... All right, ladies, if you're thinking like me, it's like, oh my God, we got to implement the entire vision right now, right? So it's baby steps. We get that. But like, what has that meant for the practicalities of your business model right now? And how are you transitioning that? It brings to light your flaws or your weaknesses very
0: quickly when you have this kind of thing. So one of the things that we've really had to do in preparation for this is things, to be quite honest, that should have been done long ago, tightening up our processes and procedures. I think every business struggles with these types of logistics or tactical things. And you don't know what the best options are out there for you. You don't know what the best software is. You don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And so you set it up and you do the best you can. And then before you know it, you've grown in such a way that now all of your holes in your processes are revealed. And so we've had some of those One of the things it's done is help us get a better handle on our processes and where we have the holes or the flaws that need to be plugged and need some remediation and that sort of thing. So processes has been a big thing. Also, staffing has been another thing. One of the things that we're doing for our podcast network is we're providing the podcast production for all the shows that we're creating. We're doing that as a service to our content creators. They're not our clients, like they're not paying us to do that, but we're doing it as part of the benefits of being in the network. And so one of the things that that's caused us to do is to be able to expand and hire and add more people to our team. But at the same time, we need more dedicated people. You know what I mean? It's like you're expanding the people, but you're also expanding their roles. So I've had a few people that used to work for us part-time and on an occasional business, and I had to let them go because that's not okay anymore. Like I need people that we can know you're going to do exclusively my work. And I can't deal with you if you've got all these other things that are pulling your time because I need your time. That has been a little bit challenging as well. Obviously, money is an issue. Everything you do costs money to seed, you know, even the network and that sort of thing. And so, one of the things that we're doing is we're just sort of like we've always done, we're bootstrapping, you know, and doing what we can do until... I mean, obviously, the goal is to get several shows up and running to be able to really kick in the marketing and do what needs to be done to start getting the word out so that we can command enough of an audience that we will have local and hopefully otherwise advertisers. We'd like to attract some corporate sponsors that are not really located here in the Florida Keys. should be a ton of businesses in the Florida Keys that, you know, that's another benefit of what we're doing is that many of these local businesses are getting their lunch eaten on Google AdWords and all the things that they're trying to do to Advertise, And so as their dollars being spent for advertising are having to grow and expand, they're getting less of a return on it. They're getting more competition for it. There's not a lot of really good affordable ways. And to me, for what you get when you talk about podcast advertising and that ad being on there in perpetuity and it's evergreen, it stays out there, like that is one of the best values in marketing that anybody could get. To be able to provide what I consider affordable marketing, marketing that is done in a real way. And not just done in a real way, but like we can actually draw that business owner into our content. Yes. Be able to talk about what they're doing and why they're here. And I'm going to tell you, Katie, there are some business owners... That we have heard some amazing stories about since Irma, and see, here I go, I'm big, big softy And Every time this stuff gets me all teared up and everything, because it's, it's you know it's like a heart kind of thing. A few weeks ago, our media company and one of our people in the community decided to do a Facebook Live. It was a, a it was called Irmaversary. so it was the one year anniversary of Irma at this place in Key Colony Beach called Havana Jacks, and. We had never been there at all. And the hurricane really hit them hard because they're right on the ocean and that sort of thing. And the family that owns Havana Jacks and the hotel next door, their employees, as we were walking around, we did like an hour and a half Facebook Live from the event. It was a pig roast and all this kind of crazy stuff. As we would walk around, we would have employee after employee come to us and say, I don't know if anyone's told y'all what the Glens family's done for us, but... Right after the hurricane, they basically put us all up in the hotel rooms. They kept giving us paychecks. Oh my gosh. The work we would do would be coming in here and clearing debris or whatever. Many of them said, we wouldn't be here today if we didn't work for this establishment. And you're talking about people that work in a restaurant or bar. You're not talking about people that work for Google. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They're not used to this kind of thing, but they're like, if that family had not done that and provided us a place to live and kept giving us a paycheck, even though there was no tourists here. Public services weren't even restored for weeks after this event. To see those business owners have that loyalty from their employees to that business. And those people now are like, you know what? I've got their back because they had my back. It's amazing. So these business owners down here really need some light shown on them because many of them are shining examples of how whenever it comes down to business or people, they've chosen people, but in the long run, it's been so good for their business because those are the places now that are fully staffed and they're the people now that have had their employees work here for four or five or six years because they took care of them during the difficult times. It's just amazing because you think, how do you even do that? Like, as a business owner, I know what I was doing and struggling with whenever we evacuated for six weeks. I mean, we didn't miss a beat with our production. Right. Could I have scratched checks to cover everyone? I couldn't have done that. Right. Right. Wouldn't it be an amazing thing to be a business owner in that potential situation and be able to really do what's right for your employees, knowing that ultimately, in the end, when the dust settles, your business will recover. It's an amazing thing.
1: I'm really interested if you can shed a little bit of light on the actual business model for your network, for your podcast network, the 43 Keys podcast network. Because I want to make sure that... People understand like, this is obviously a heart-centered and soul-driven, purposeful company that you're creating and how you're expanding. And it's a business. And so I want to make sure to really shine the light on the strategy that you have, the business model that you have. So that... Because I know it's pretty unique. So that it really is like a giant win for all parties involved. So talk us through that.
0: That's really important for us for it to be a win for everyone. Well, and I'll tell you that for people that haven't been exposed to a lot of networks, every network can have its own unique setup as far as what the network offers, what the benefits are, what the costs are of joining the network, and so. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying because this is the way I'm doing it, this is the way everyone else should be doing it. So I don't know that this is the magic formula, but what I do know is that this is very much in alignment with where we are and where I am and what I need to be doing for my community. One of the things, like I said, we're basically, we've identified, I think at this point, our list count was about 23 to 25 different shows that we would like to ultimately have talent come forward that we can identify within the community to create content for these shows. We would own the content, we would own the feed, and you know that would be ours. But they would be the uh, contributors of that content without paying anything into the network. We're providing all of their podcast production partly because we want quality work. We want our standards to be high for what we're producing. And it's hard when you have, you're have you teaching new people to podcast. You know the technical barriers. You know yeah. the, the hardships. You know, it's, it's everyone learns we can't even get our technology working sometimes right. Whenever <laughs> we do these interviews, what, <laughs> what chance does a new person have of getting it right every time? So one of the things that we're doing is we've formed an association that meets monthly. And the weird thing about it is people that aren't familiar with the Florida Keys It's all one county within the state of Florida, so it's Monroe County, but it's like a 120-mile long sliver of land. Actually, you can almost drive for two and a half hours or whatever and still be in our same county because it's just island chain after island chain. So realistically, we'll probably end up having a Key West Area meeting monthly and a middle keys meeting area monthly and then an upper keys area meeting monthly. I mean, just because people can't travel an hour and a half or two hours after they've worked all day and right. then they need to go home and go to bed or whatever just to come to a meeting. The good news is we do have the ability, like anyone else, that knows now you can do Zoom for you know meetings and all these kind of virtual types of connection ways so we could potentially move our meetings between the upper, middle, and lower keys month to month. But we're having these association meetings because we're wanting to help people become better content creators.
1: And to attract the people who are like,
0: oh, that's cool. Oh, I could do that, right? I've always been curious about this podcasting, but I never really knew how to do it. Or I've always been wanted to create some content for YouTube, but I didn't really know how to do it. And so these association meetings are sort of our cultivating our warm market for potentially identifying content creators for the shows that we want to have within the network. We'll eventually match up a bunch of them with people that have that expertise and that passion, which I think is completely a win for the podcast audience, right? Because when you see someone that has the knowledge and the passion, they're glad to do it. And so that's what we're doing monthly. So right now we have three shows that are in pre-recording. We haven't
1: launched anything yet. Can you share those shows just so people get an idea of like, what are the tangibles of what this content that she keeps talking about look like?
0: Yeah. So what Allison and I are doing, I call it the anchor show of the network, but it's a show called Florida Keys Living. And it basically is just a generic show about... Two chicks who live in the Florida Keys. And and so we can funnel any content through our show. So for example, if somebody said, Christy, I have this really interesting thing. I was a diver on Mel Fisher's whatever, Treasure and whatever, and I have some content to share, but it's not enough to do a whole podcast series on. Right, come on our show. We'll do a show, maybe a part two or whatever, and we'll talk about that. And that'll be fantastic. So that's one of our anchor shows. Another one that we have working on is going to be uh, called the Morning Announcements, but it's basically the event the daily events that are going on specifically in Key West. So it's going to focus on, uh, and this that's going to be one that you'll be able to get on an Alexa
1: daily briefing. I love that idea. By the way, I mean, oh my God, if I could just go to my phone and be like, dude, what is going on around me? Because we go to the Keys a lot, so it's like, yeah, like do. I'm always looking for what's going on and where do I find that. So that is such a great idea for a show. Exactly. And so it's got, you know, it's kind of
0: like, you know, back in the days when you used to go to camp as a kid and you gather around the flagpole for the morning announcements. You know. Yes. Is that what you're calling it? The morning announcements? Yeah, the morning announcements. I love so, yeah. it. And we have the, you know, the cock doos with the uh, <laughs> Key West chickens and all that kind of stuff. And we would like to invite some local celebrities in to read the morning announcements sometimes too. Be like, okay, today's the mayor's coming in to do the morning announcements or the uh, Fantasy Fest King and Queen or whoever else. We just want to involve a bunch of people around the community and make it a thing. And so that's one we have. And then we have another one that's going to be called a Meet the House. That is basically where you get to, you know, in a restaurant, the employees of the house are the the people that work there. They're the bartenders, the chefs, the servers and that sort of thing. And we want to feature and highlight and have conversations of these stories because I'm going to tell you, it's amazing. When you sit and talk to people, you know, many times people that you run into around here are not from here. Sometimes they're not even from the United States. And to find out that like, Oh you were a, a lawyer in Ecuador and now you're a server at my local restaurant right here on the water how do you get there and what you know and there's mm-hmm. some amazing stories of these people and what they've done to try to make their lives here that is going to be just a way to focus on not just the restaurants and what the restaurants are doing but the actual people of the restaurants cuz you know when you're in a tourism based industry or a tourism based area having those employees man, like the human resources are the hardest, like that is the hardest part for the keys right now. People aren't here. And if they're here, I hate to say it, but sometimes they're in no frame of mind with all the stress and everything else after Irma, it's really hard to be in that completely service aloha spirit kind of thing. Whenever you find those people that really get a high off of, Dealing with the tourists and dealing with the people that are coming through, wanting to know about our crazy life here, that's magic whenever that Mm -hmm. happens. And so there are some businesses that are doing that really, really well. So we've got other shows that we're working on and that we're going to be talking to some people about because we've identified some content creators that might be really good matches there's no limit to what we can do and that that's the whole thing it's like i would love for some businesses to potentially say oh i'm this would help us if one of my employees was doing a show and this is our expertise we take people out fishing or we take people to see dolphins or we do eco paddleboard tours or whatever it is and to be able to have their content. I mean, I want to soak all that up I can. Just yeah. as
1: a local here, tell me where the best places to go where I can see some spotted eagle rays, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Digging back into the actual business model of this, you know, in the space of networks, Christy and I were sort of having a conversation beforehand about how... In the space of like podcast network, there's no one way to do a network. What you have out there is a bunch of different types of ways that network companies structure their business model and structure the relationships between the content creators, the person who's actually like creating the show, and that relationship with the larger network who then houses it and does a bunch of stuff for it, right? The beauty of that is that those of us who are creating networks get to customize it according to how we want to customize it. A traditional way, though, and a very popular way of running a network is that the network gets paid by the content creator. So the person who's actually hosting the podcast, let's say, because they're a part of Network ABC they would then pay that person to be on the network, either a per episode type of a thing or a contract over the course of a year, something like that. The other way is the exact opposite, actually. The network having 1000% control over everything and then therefore paying the host just kind of like the employee. Like, hey, this is the job that you do, right? And both of those work, by the way, but they're not the only way. And you're doing something really creative and unique that lies somewhere in between there. So describe how you're setting up, how that content creator network relationship is working.
0: Yeah, and this is one of the beautiful things, I think, about living in a place where our content creators are as well. This little microcosm that we're creating is very unique. And it's kind of fashioned very similarly to what our friend Glenn and the Horse Radio Network does, except Glenn doesn't have the beauty of having everybody right around him in his area that he can physically go out. They love to socialize, but they're not all in the same place. One of the things that we're doing is... Obviously, we're providing the podcast production for people as a courtesy to them. And then our goal is to go out and get advertisers. And what we'll do is once we get advertising dollars coming in, we'll have to make a decision about with our network members about what is the best way to divvy that up, so to speak. Is it going to be a percentage of overall revenue? Is it going to be you get a flat rate per show? And that way, some people that can create one show a month can contribute to this show and other people that are creating four shows a month will get a different amount. Since we don't have money coming in yet, that's the logistics that we have to work through. I would love for us to be able to pay everyone for their contribution and because I can't physically do that with our shallow pockets (laughs) that we have right now, what I'm doing as far as that goes is giving them the podcast production in lieu of that because that means they can focus on what they love about it and not be bothered with all the rest of it and then we get the result we want anyway. Right. With that being said, that's sort of my trade-off of like, you create this content, I'll do all the production, which... I will say this, just knowing my clients, most of my clients would be like, heck yeah, sign me up for that.
1: I mean, seriously, (laughs) that's a massive value. A massive value. I love that. And I think that approach really allows a space for a sense of partnership. And it's so in line with this, love of community and really sense of community that you really have. Like we're in this together. And so you do this part, I'll do this part. There's the out-of-pocket costs for both of us, obviously for the content creator. It's the time and the energy to set it up for you. There's a real cost to production, but not nearly as big of a cost as there would be if you were not a production house, right? (laughs) Then the keys, our little motto that our islands have adopted, you know, years
0: ago is this one human family. And Mm. that's the whole, we can be one human family in our business dealings. We wanted to set this up in a way so that we were coming from a completely value-based proposition to our community. We specifically did not want to feel like that anyone we would be talking to about podcast production or creating a show or any content we wanted to do. We didn't want that relationship to be tainted by, oh, by the way, you owe us X amount of dollars for doing this for you. Mm. And at the same time, we want to bring them into what we're doing to say, you know what, we're expanding our community of podcasters here and we're giving our podcasters sort of like the, I don't want to say the cliff notes or the hacked version of being able to sort of fast track your shows to monetization. So as we get to a point where we get advertisers, we will do some sort of, they'll, they'll be compensated with actual real hard dollars. At the same time, We also have committed that if there are Courses or other content or things that they want to create, we will help them in any way. We can help them create membership websites. We can help them with our app that we're going to have for the network. We can build in some of those membership capabilities right into their show that's going to be on the network. So, all of those technological things that for the rest of us podcasters out there that have been doing it a while and be like, oh, I know I need to create a course. I've just never had time or whatever. We can kind of fast track them and sort of guide them through it but we're not getting anything from that. Our goal is for each of these shows that we're doing to have sort of a monetization stream built around the content creator and whatever they're doing, whether it is, Hey, I own a paddleboard company here in the Florida Keys. And if you come use this code to book your tours, because I've got a special, whatever it is. And, they get all of that. We're not trying to get a cut of that as the network or anything like that. But by putting that out there and building it into the network, we get the traffic from that that we can then turn around and monetize through advertising. And so it's kind of a little different business model. It's one I feel comfortable with. I'm not a real salesy person and I'm not one of those that's going to say, you sign the bottom line today, give me your money and let's get this deal done. I'm more of a let me provide value and let me provide service to you and then we'll figure out how to make the money work. That's more in alignment with what I do I feel like I need to provide for my community and so I can give them the skill set that I have of the podcast knowledge. I can meet with them on a regular basis. I can take their shows and create the production part of it. I can help them if they're a wedding photographer or if they're a tour guide or a they do ghost tours of Key West or whatever it is they do. I can help formulate a show that can get some traffic for that and so that they can have some of their own other money coming in from the podcast that we don't touch. We're not asking for. It's like if they have that and then they have ours too, maybe they're not going to have to work
1: the third job every week. And that would be exciting. And this circle says back around to like the win, win, win. This is why. Like you're not here and I'm inserting my, what I would think it would ultimately be coming out of your mouth, which is like, you don't want to sit here and charge the folks in your local community who you're really trying to help economically. You don't want to sit there and, dig into their pockets because that doesn't do any good, right? So your job is to really create the breeding grounds for great content to come up, for you to be the person to structure all of this and to organize it all. And then really to utilize that to attract the bigger sponsors, to attract the bigger companies to come in here and say, you know what, we want our name to be associated with the keys. And this is the behemoth of media companies and the keys. And this is who we want to advertise with.
0: Right, and the whole thing about it is we want our network to be the obvious choice. You know, if somebody sitting in Key Largo is like, you know, I have a really cool idea for a podcast that nobody's doing, I would love for them to pick up the phone and call me and say, I want to pitch you the show. And if we say, oh my gosh, that's exactly what we've been looking for, then you're going to have it so much easier than just trying to do it on your own and making it work whenever we know how that goes as podcasters, you know? Yeah. the pot percentages and that kind of thing. And so not to mention, it's also a win for local businesses to be able to be potentially be the voice of their own media, but also have a way that they can pay for advertising that is going to be done in a very genuine way. I mean, yeah. when you have local people that live in the area saying, I think we did this with you guys last time you guys came down and Chris said, Christy, what's your favorite restaurant? And I, told him what the name of it was. And before I knew it, he texted me back and he's like, great choice. Yes, yes. I'm so glad. Somebody I mean, because yes. and, and everyone I talk to that I send to that specific place is just like, oh my God, that was out of the park. That was yeah. like my favorite meal, you know? Yeah. That restaurant could not Pay enough money to us for our advertising, but we willingly give it because we know you get such a good experience when you go there. Why would we hold that back? Right. And so to be able to talk about that in a way and have business owners be able to pay to advertise with those of us who we already know and love them, I mean, that's the holy grail as far as marketing goes. You know, that's testimonial central. Yes. But we do it all the time. I mean, every people come down here, they're like, coming through. Where do I need to eat? Where do I need to go? Or whatever. We know. We know the people that were rude to us last time Mm -hmm. we were in there. We also know (laughs) people that stayed open late because we had a group of 18 people go eat after a late night premiere on August 30th. And they were like, come on in. We'll treat you fine. I love it. That's the thing. We know the community and we get to further entwine our success and the messages that we're putting out for those businesses. Yeah, I think the businesses get a win. The community gets a win. The Florida Keys as a overall entity tourist destination gets a win because we're putting conversations out there that people want to hear. And you know, when you start scheduling a trip, what is the first thing you start doing? You start Googling and you start trying to find content. You try to find channels. You do that. Then you come and visit and then you leave and you're like, man, that was such a great time. I'm going to watch. you want to consume more content. Then you're like, let's go back again. Could we go eat Christmas again? Could we do, you know? And so you begin, with ramping up your frequency and the community wins when that happens. And the more educated of a tourist that you can be when you're down here, the better experience you're going to have, the better it's going to be for our environment, the better experience that it's going to be for locals to have tourists right along beside them on these little tiny islands. When we have woke and conscious tourists, we love that. And that's kind of what the idea is. So.
1: Ah. Christy, I honor you so much for the big vision that you are really putting into practice. I'm so grateful that you shared with us. Look, 90% is the heart behind and the big why behind why you're doing it. And you listening, I really hope that you get that when you have that, all of the other how-tos figure themselves out and they come to you and you get little moments of inspiration of, oh, here's what it could look like, right? Right. And to trust that. But when you've got that why, when you've got that hunger, when you move towards something that is not already pre-formulated, that you are literally in co-creation with, but is in line with your soul and what you know to be right and good for you and what you're doing and how you can help in that way then something like this comes of it. Like a solid business structure, a solid business strategy, a solid way to be able to create a win-win-win for everyone in a way, in your case, that has serious potential to completely shift the future of your entire community in a community, in an area that so many of us who don't live there just love and have massive attachment to. So I thank you for the work that you do.
0: Well, you're welcome. It's. I don't think it's sometimes natural for us to try to be open as business people. You know, we want to hold our cards close to our chest, and when, especially with podcasts. We don't want someone to steal our idea. And, <laughs> but by putting this out there and opening it up to the community, we have found ourselves more open to the ideas and the things that are flowing back to us that is kind of an amazing thing to experience because it's just sort of like the universe validates that you know what, your heart is in the right place and it's not going to be perfect and there might be a few ugly parts of it and you're probably going to fail every single week that's out there. You're going to fail and something's going to go wrong but your heart's in the right place and because you're open to what the community has and what the community can do, then those ideas are going to bubble up and those people are going to bubble up and people are more open to say, let me introduce you to my friend. You need to meet them. They're a really cool person. Yes. And then energies flow from that. So it's kind of a cool place, not really a place I've been at, physically before you know being in a a location where we're doing this kind of thing before so uh, it's all new for us and we're loving it it's more in alignment with what our hearts and our desires are for our community
1: i really honor you and your wife allison for doing this work i think it's massive and it's purpose-driven and i know that myself and you listening like it doesn't need to look like this, but I hope that you really feel like whatever your purpose is, however you feel like you're being driven, like you can create out of that, the business model that really lends itself to that. So I thank you so much for being here and for really telling that story. We've not shared it with anyone yet. So it was beautiful, beautifully told. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Christy. (laughs) Oh, thank you for letting me come on. you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high performing woman entrepreneur listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had... I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode.